0: Welcome to the Call to Action Podcast, where we bring you incredible people and even more incredible stories with discussions and topics about what it takes to sacrifice everything to overcome hardships and failures to achieve success. Our guests heard the call. Now, it's your turn.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a great question. So for the first 18 months of our business, we made every delivery, we poured every sample, we were hitting these stores in the DC area. And it, as we'd pour samples, like they'd see these three boys that obviously asked questions, the customers and that were shopping, and they'd be like, oh, this is such a cool store, you guys should go on Shark Tank. And We'd sort of smile and wave, you know. 40,000 people apply for Shark Tank every year and only 100 companies get to go out and pitch. So we're like, that's a distraction, we're not, we're not gonna do that. And then uh, it was, about midway through our second year, I saw on LinkedIn like a second degree connection, commented on some third degree connection, like, hey, my buddy's a producer for Shark Tank. They're casting right now. So I slid into the DMs. I was like, hey, we're interested in learning. <laughs> I totally intercepted this. Uh, That's the beauty of LinkedIn. And hey, but, how
0: are you doing? You know? <laughs> right. And
1: uh, so I got on the phone with the producer a couple days later, and he was like, guys, your story's awesome. We'll put your application at the top of the list. You still got to. Do all that but whoa uh that we liked those odds so we uh we, we went for it
0: He is the oldest brother of three and CEO of Kitu Life, makers of Super Coffee, one of the most successful and health-based coffee brands on the planet, being recognized by Inc. 5000 as the number one fastest growing company in food and beverage and number 18 fastest growing company in the United States. Only 18 months after launching their coffee company from their youngest brother's dorm room, they appeared on Shark Tank, pitching straight fire on national television. Instantly proving they had the cojones, the endurance, and the entrepreneurial wits to be successful. Despite having Barbara break his heart in front of millions of people watching, but we're going to focus on the positives here. So just a few years later, their mission to mass produce positive energy in a bottle has completely changed the world of coffee for cracked out caffeine fiends like myself. His six-pack abs and barreled chest co-captain the Colgate University football team playing running back and wide receiver. He's a board member for Forbes Under 30. And aside from being the 2011 recipient of the Anita Williams Peck Public Speaking <laughs> Award, Netflix is doing a sequel called Caffeine Cowboys starring the three DeSico brothers. Please welcome the oldest, Jim DeSico
1: man, that was awesome. That was, <laughs> <is gonna> come <laughs> anytime I walk into a room, I'm going to play that. <laughs>
0: Dude, that's the freaking reaction I'm trying to get. Uh, you were the first one <laughs> to be like this stoked. I mean, we put this thing takes us like a week to pump these intros out and like, kind of our specialty is the intro it always sets the standard high and then just goes down from there but at least we start well but dude like that was the reaction that like got me jacked dude thank Great. you for that thank, thank you you
1: for that that was amazing Anita Williams <laughs> Peck, how about that That's what I dude,
0: back then. did my research did my research so before we get started we're gonna put you through we we call the brain freeze frenzy It's a prefrontal cortex warm up like you've never experienced. We got to get that gray matter, malleable, flexible, ready to fire. Are you ready? Let's do it. What is one of the best things that you've learned about yourself during the quarantine and one thing you've allowed yourself to splurge or be relaxed on? Love
1: it. Okay, so uh, I'm somebody who's always go, go, go. I feel like I need to be doing something from 5 a.m. till 9 p.m. I learned about myself that I can relax. I can take my foot off the gas. I can enjoy some stillness, some pause practice, a little meditation. Uh, And it's been totally refreshing. I'm getting more out of my work because of the fact that I'm slowing down. Uh, And one thing I've been indulging in, uh, I I can't believe I'm saying this, nicotine gum, never smoked cigarettes, never (laughs) done drugs but i uh i I did a decaf week during quarantine and i was like i need something so i got on this nicotine (laughs) gum and and uh thankfully i'm all out of it but it's been uh that was a nice
0: hold up what what about the nicotine gum has got you stoked (laughs) Uh, i don't know (laughs)
1: does it taste good or what it it tastes fine like like i said it's uh so, I listened to a podcast, Dave Asprey, who's actually like our arch nemesis. He's the founder of Bulletproof Coffee. He was, yeah, uh, okay. at, uh, nicotine gum for creativity and energy. So, I'm like, let me, let me t- try it. It was actually, it was a fun little uh, sprint. Wow.
0: Hey, well, we don't, we don't like Bulletproof. Screw that guy. Yeah. <laughs> man, Jim,
2: we're real jazzed to have you on today. It's such an entrepreneurial spirit. We're already feeling it. Tell us a little bit. How you get started, what is your morning routine?
1: Yeah, so I'm not one of those guys who does the same thing every day. Uh, I I like to be up early. Um, I go to sleep very early. That's where my morning starts is when I go to bed. Uh, But I try to wake up between 5 and 6 in the morning. Um, I'll, I'll chug some water, probably 20 ounces of water, get a coffee in me and a workout, some type of movement, usually 20 minutes. Um, No more than that, you know, as a a college football player, we're used to these 90 minute intense heavy weight room things. Honestly, in quarantine, I've been working out more now than than I have when the gym was open. Uh, But just light stuff, get it moving. Uh, And then a meditation, five to 10 minutes. Again, I'm not, people recommend 20. Like if I can get five to 10 in, I'm good.
0: What kind of workout are you doing in the morning?
1: Um, I'll always do some bit of core, you know, like I'll, will lay down on a yoga mat, hit some sit ups, some, some crunches, that type of stuff, some toe touches. Uh, and then we actually, in our, we live in an apartment building here in New York. They have like a, a shitty hotel gym, uh, that's got, got up to 50 pound dumbbells. So it's been closed. My brother and I, we broke in and we stole the dumbbells. So we got the dumbbells. Oh,
0: nice.
1: Yeah. So throw around some 50 pound weights. We got them bands some jump rope. We actually just bought a TRX. So mostly oh, yeah. body stuff, man. Keep it light.
0: Perfect. What's your favorite non-business, non-self-help, non-productive Instagram page? For me, it's kids getting hurt. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. I'm a little sick and twisted, but it's the funniest thing you've ever seen, man. I just kids, kids eating shit. It's the funniest thing,
1: <laughs> dude. This is such a great question. Uh, I'm sick and twisted too. Nature is metal. It's just like animals oh.
0: eating animals. I love that one, dude. I love that one. People won't get it. They'll look it up and probably delete their subscription to CTab. but I don't care. It's like, it's raw and savage. It's, it's what life is, dude. Honestly.
1: Hell yeah.
2: All right. Next one. Most successful single day sale. Super coffee has done thus far.
1: Uh, dollar amount.
2: It's up to you. You can give us percentage wise, but you know, dollar amounts always nice. Just switching gears a little bit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Uh, Shark Tank was was a, a cool catalyst. Like the, the day Shark Tank, before Shark Tank, we were averaging like 10K a day. The day that episode aired was like a $40,000 day for us. Wow. So that was a nice great, exciting little boost there.
0: Amazing. Good for you guys. What's the most embarrassing moment in your entrepreneurial journey to date?
1: Uh, I would say... My entrepreneurial journey started as a college football player. You know, you you learn the lessons uh, on, on the football field. And my first day as a as a college football player, we were running sprints and twenty two hundred and ten yard sprints. Like it was a brutal workout. But I'm the youngest guy out there. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm not gonna quit. I shit my pants on the 18th sprint, and and that stuck with me for four <laughs> years after that. So that's probably the most <laughs> interesting day of my entrepreneurial journey.
0: Well, dude, uh. I've been there, done that. I was a collegiate uh, soccer player, and uh, I, pl- I had the privilege and honor of uh, playing after that for a bit professionally. And uh, shit, my day first day of training session for my first professional team. So don't worry, bro. Oh, all good. Bad. Dude, Some bad tacos funny. in Mexico. So <laughs> all good.
2: <laughs> That'll have you going for a week. <laughs>
0: <laughs> tacos uh, al pastoral. I'll never have the, never have it the same, dude. It's all. <laughs>
2: Man, uh, you and Ben are both obviously ripped. Jim, what's your favorite cheat meal?
1: Favorite cheat meal is uh I I have this is the first time I ever had it was a lobster mac and cheese last week. I was up in Rhode Island. Dang, Ireland we're coming over. On sourdough, yeah,
0: it was it was bomb. Oh man. Well, on that. Jimmy boy, if you don't don't mind me calling you that. Jimmy, Jim boy, homeboy. You're a good looking man. No homo. You got a a decent body. Better than decent. What's the craziest, thirstiest DM slide that you've gotten so far? And we're not gender biased. So maybe there's a story from both a female and a male. I mean, it's up to you to share. but
2: (laughs) Maybe one of them was from me.
0: Yeah. we uh, we used to get some
1: ridiculous stuff after shark tank we uh we went up like all kinds of girls slid in uh but i i don't remember i don't remember any specifics man i wish i had something juicy for you guys
0: i mean it's all good something. we yeah. get
1: it
2: <laughs> what's one great and one terrible piece of leadership advice that you've been given
1: uh nice guys finish last is the is the terrible one um, and then yeah, I got this one recently. So it seems like the recency effect is, yeah. uh, silence can't be quoted. I'm, I'm pretty transparent if you guys can't tell. Uh, so I don't want to see headlines of me shitting my pants as the title of this podcast. So silence can't be quoted is, is, is one that, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to start to employ.
2: Yeah, that's deep. I mean, you can really read, one can really read into that one. I think that it, you know, it kind of sets, sets some depth. To this conversation even
0: yeah oh yeah what's the biggest yes we can do that moment when a client asked you if, you if you could do something but really you had like absolutely no idea and just had to figure out on the go uh the
1: first store we ever got into was the whole foods market in washington dc and we made, we made a bottle of Super coffee in, in my brother's dirty college basement dorm room and we said hey we're super coffee this is our <laughs> product this stuff's flying off the shelf you got to take it and the guy was like that's pretty good we'll take eight cases And we're like great we'll, we'll figure it out it took us like two months to figure out how to make eight cases of this stuff that was like safe and healthy, but we uh, we promised and we delivered.
2: Kudos to you.
1: That's so cool, dude. I love that mentality. What is your
2: favorite man grooming product?
1: Man grooming product. Uh, I got a one blade by Norelco. I use that thing every morning. It's 40 bucks at CVS. It's great.
2: What is that?
0: Norelco? I, I've never yeah, heard of that. Norelco is the brand. Uh, oh,
2: okay, okay, okay. It, it, it's got little attachments.
0: Yeah, exactly. Okay. And last one, what is the most cracked out you've ever been on coffee and then the most cups of coffee in a single day? Oh
1: boy. Uh, the first time, so I will give props to Dave Asprey. The first time I ever tried bulletproof coffee, it was, it was 2014 at a checkup at a doctor's appointment. My dad made me this cup of coffee, strong cup of coffee with butter and MCT oil. It's actually coconut oil. And he and I both drank it for the first time. We read this recipe on a blog We're sitting in the waiting room at this doctor's office, and we look at each other, and we're like, "Do you feel what I'm feeling?" Like it felt like you're on crack, and then most coffee in a day is probably like ten cups. We we easily, dude, we pump over (laughs) a thousand milligrams of coffee on a regular day.
0: you do dang what what does that do to your gut do you have like a strong gut health or i mean do you have to take things to counter that i mean that's that's a that's a lot yeah, of milligrams uh, it's
1: not all black coffee you know we'll, we'll throw some super coffee in there some cream some some protein um i eat a lot of fat so like I'm, my, my stomach does pretty well with the oils uh but yeah and, and a lot of greens man I, I should get on a probiotic but i'm not
0: Hell yeah. Well, congrats, bro. Uh, that was the brain freeze friend. You absolutely crushed it. Now to segue into kind of your story, man, your parents must be like rock stars because they raised you and your brothers, you know, the right way. One, you guys are running a very successful company at a pretty young age, uh, I would say. And then two, you're running a family business and running a family business has its own complexities, you know, navigating tough decisions for the business while maintaining, you know, the balance outside of work. Did you guys come from a rock star entrepreneurial family or like how did, how did it all start?
1: Yeah, no, mom and dad are, are, are awesome. Um, my, my brothers and I, we all played sports in college. Mom and dad were college athletes as well. They, they met up at the university of New Hampshire. Uh, They had three kids by the time they were 25 and they had to they had to figure it out. So I always say that they're the the way they raised us was like starting a company. You know, they sort of figured it out as they went. But uh, growing up, our mom worked at the YMCA. Our dad was a a construction worker for the county. And like I didn't I, I studied philosophy and played football in college. You know, we I didn't know what the term I never heard the term startup before. But our parents instilled in us this sort of work hard and be nice to people attitude. Um, As the story goes, our mom used to drop us off at kindergarten and she would say, boys, go kick today's ass, you know, and and, and that was the mentality. (laughs) Uh, It was very competitive, but also very compassionate. You know, you couldn't really have one without the other.
0: That's amazing, man. So from there, uh, you know, growing up, you guys played sports, did these things. They seem to be very positive. Um, what kind of started the bug? I mean, did it start? Did you remember a moment at an early age where maybe you were, you know, do, hanging out with some friends and you're like, hey, let's sell some lemonade or, you know, how, how did that bug start? Because you guys are very passionate about coffee specifically, but kind of paint us the picture of maybe how it built up because it doesn't just happen overnight. Yeah. You know, that's, a, you got to be very tough to, to join an entrepreneurial journey and and then succeed on top of that. So,
1: yeah. So I, I think it all goes back to sports and our Like our, our identity goes back to the lessons we've learned on playing team sports. And uh, as an athlete or as an entrepreneur, you really have to be obsessive. And, and, I mean, you know, it, playing, playing college soccer at a high level and then professionally is like you have, you're so committed. It's a lifestyle, you know, it's not a job. It's not a hobby. It's a lifestyle. And, you have to be willing to do things that other people aren't willing to do. And that's that's how you get to college to play sports. You know, we all use sports as, as a means to an end, like to, to get into schools that we couldn't otherwise get into. But in order to put ourselves in that position, we had to wake up at 6 a.m. and go hit the squat rack. Or we had to go run sprints Damn. when our, our friends were going out to party, you know. So a lot of sacrifices that, that sort of are still reflected today in, in our business. You know, like our business is hard, but we got mm. ready for that by playing sports. And then Jordan was really the entrepreneur of the bunch. The youngest brother, uh, he he did a year. Yeah, really? he, he did a prep school year. The basketball player. Uh, after after his high school senior year, he did one year at a, a college or a yeah a college preparatory school. And the the dining hall closed at seven and there was no other food options on campus. So twice a week he'd walk to Sam's Club, he'd buy a <laughs> bunch of burgers, he had a Tyson grill, he bought some like Skittles and candy and, and all that. And he was pumping two thousand dollars a week out of the out of his dorm room in a uh, prep school. Yeah.
0: Whoa. Wow. So he would just sell those things on the side after hours when right. it was closed. Exactly. Very entrepreneurial spirit so there. So for pre workouts, were you guys, you know, back in the day? I remember taking, you know, No Explode was my it was my jam for caffeine because I would wake up uh, about four forty five five in high school. I busted my knee out and uh, had to start recovering. I I could see a a path at the end of the light from getting out of my small town I was in through soccer to kind of get to college. And so I busted it uh, sophomore year playing with a a premier league down in uh, a big city. I was uh, about an hour and a half away in Phoenix. I'm from Arizona. Busted my knee and like to get motivated in the mornings to get after a dude, cause you know, No one likes waking up that early unless you're sick in the head. You got to develop that sickness. But I remember just slamming, you know, C4, No Explode, all the bad shit that worked really well temporarily. But, you know, obviously now that we're older, it doesn't seem to be as effective. and, And I definitely have stopped using it. But what did you use? And like, did you start feeling a certain way to be like, Hey man, there's gotta be better ways to, to yeah, do this. Dude, that's a,
1: a great question. And in, in, in high school, we were pretty lame. Like we just drank a bunch of water, a bunch of Gatorade and we, we showed up sort of hydrated. But I'll remember, I'll never forget my eight years old was when I played my first, uh, full contact football game, full pads, tackle football, peewee football in Kingston, New York. Uh, my dad dropped me off. My dad was a badass uh, division one linebacker in college. a little sick in head. Yeah. Ooh. And and Hell yeah. I was a good athlete. I didn't know the fundamentals of football. It was my first game ever. And instead of like a Gatorade and like a, a Kind bar or whatever, he was like, "Here's a Coca Cola and a Snickers. Drink this before you go out on defense," because he just wanted me like to be on that crazy sugar high. Yeah, uh, yeah. So that was that was interesting, and that was like a, that was a decent lesson. But um, what what happened was in, in, in col- when Jordan was in college, l- like you said, he had five a.m. practice, was falling asleep in class, and the only school store offered yeah, man was the Starbucks Frappuccino, which had 40 grams of sugar. So he's like, I'm not drinking that. I'm going to make something for myself and was playing with the butters and the MCT oils and proteins. And uh, he, I mean, he, he created a product and created a super coffee that, that worked for him and started selling it to his teammates, his classmates, his coaches. He was like, damn, I got a I got a business here.
0: MCT oil. Is like man that he was early on the game with that. It's like just now, maybe a year, year and a half ago, like hit the market for you know a really viable way to to get energy through pure fats, you know, through coconut uh extract. But dude, that's he's very very smart for getting on that train yeah, very early.
1: It's fascinating because caffeine's a stimulant, right? We use it to give ourselves a little kickstart, but if you eat-
0: yeah, you so need a full
1: fat meal, just a a meal of good healthy fats, like some avocado, some fish, some meats, maybe some cheese, certainly some coconut oil. You more focused than mm-hmm. any cup of coffee can ever provide you. Yeah, and then you provide a nice clean oil, like an MCT oil with caffeine. It's it's a nice combo to give you that steady focus.
2: Absolutely. Can you speak a little bit to people who might have stomach problems? I see this as more and more of like a recurring theme. You know, people with stomach problems, and then like where they go to, they have that kind of like alkaline neutral coffee and things like this. What's your spin on it?
1: Yeah, so for us we we add a whey protein to most of our products so it's, it makes it creamy, it t- it brings the acidity down. So all of our products are low acid uh yep. aseptic, so they have a they have a 12 month shelf life. Uh we just got into pea protein and stuff. So that that takes away some of the acidity from uh the coffee and the I mean the bottom line is coffee is a supplement, you know, it's something, it's an accessory to a healthy diet and you got to take care of your gut. Like if your gut's not healthy, you're not going to be healthy. You got to eat your greens. You got to eat your roughage. You have to get your vitamins and minerals from whole foods. Uh, and then if you want to supplement with a a probiotic or prebiotic, uh, by all means. Yeah. Your
2: coffee does not
1: trash my stomach, you know, and I'm a little bit more on the sensitive side. So I've got to say, thank
0: you (laughs) welcome man thank you guys back to the you know i guess evolution of like how you got to where you are um you know we i first saw you and i i'm keith did as well shark tank on shark tank i mean obviously that was probably the pivotal moment of like okay we're we're really doing this um how how did you guys get to shark tank first and foremost What was that journey like? Like you guys are slanging MCT oil, caffeine, coffee, shots, you know, cracked out in your brother's dorm room. How do you get from there to yeah, Shark Tank? Yeah,
1: it's a great question. So for the first 18 months of our business, we made every delivery. We poured every sample. We were hitting these stores in the D.C. area. And it, as we'd pour samples, like they'd see these three boys that obviously ask questions, the customers and that were shopping. And they'd be like, oh, this is such a cool store. You guys should go on Shark Tank. And we'd sort of smile and wave, you know. Forty thousand people apply for Shark Tank every year, and only a hundred companies get to go out and pitch. So we're like, that's a distraction. We're not. We're not going to do that. And then uh, it was about midway through our second year, I saw on LinkedIn like a second degree connection commented on some third degree connection, like, "Hey, my buddy's a producer for Shark Tank. They're casting right now." So I slid into the DMs. I was like, "Hey, we're interested in learning." To <laughs> I totally intercepted this. Uh, that's the beauty of LinkedIn, and. Hey, right. how what are you doing? You know, right. and so I got on the phone with the producer a couple days later and he was like, guys, your story is awesome. We'll put your application at the top of the list. You still got to do all that. But whoa, uh, that we liked those odds. So we, uh, we we went for it
0: big time. So you guys were selling in Whole Foods like or little stores just at those like little stands, those sample yeah, like stand the things ladies at Costco. That was us. <laughs> yeah dude that's so sick i didn't know that um how did you guys make any money during that time or was it all just kind of like going out the window just trying to get uh yeah, we've momentum. never made
1: any money i i, I like we're a I joke that we're we're a for-profit company that has no profits <laughs> uh so even
0: even to this, even day, to this yeah, day we've
1: raised over 50 million in venture capital to fuel the growth but it's it's pretty much a hardware company you know everything we do like the more product right. you sell, the more you have to pay to make it, to put it on shelves, requires trucks and manpower and people. So it's expensive, but we, we chose the path to, to build our dreams with other people's money and, and grow quickly. Could you
2: talk a little bit about those rounds of investment?
0: Let's let's get through the shark. Let's uh, get through the Shark Tank story, kind of build into the growth. You know, what uh, so you guys get on Shark Tank, what happens for the people that don't so, know? get you know, on
1: the show. Uh, the, the 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 tricky thing about Shark Tank that a lot of people don't realize is the sharks know nothing about you. You know, a normal investor pitch, they've seen your deck, they've seen your financials, they know about the business, they come informed with questions. So we did a little reveal, super coffee, superman, like we ripped off our shirts, we had these super coffee shirts on. Uh, We had to introduce the the sharks to our business, what we did, conceptually understand it, the benefit, like they got to taste it and feel it and see it Uh, and then why we were different. You know, we had to teach them why we were different. We had to teach them about traction, why the world sort of needs a a, a healthy coffee right now. Uh, And then we had to convince them that this was the right investment opportunity. And unfortunately, uh, like Barbara was burned on some beverage deals in the past. Mark Cuban thought we were going to need way more money than he was willing to put in. Uh, Rohan Oza, who was a guest shark. Uh, he was conflicted. And invested in another coffee company, uh, so we didn't even get an offer from any of the sharks. So as athletes, we were we were totally defeated. You know, we 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 felt like we just lost the Super Bowl on national TV. Um, mm. We filmed on a Saturday, and then on Monday morning, we went right back to work.
0: That's and that's that mentality, man. I mean, that you getting knocked down, you lose a big game, but guess what? You can't cry about it for too long. I mean, you can have your little, you know, get get through it, get, build that thick skin and then hit it harder with a little bit of, uh, extra umph after that. So what, what, what happened after that? I mean, seems like you guys are doing pretty dang well. So, I mean, obviously it didn't slow you down. It probably in almost fueled you more to get to where you guys are today. You know, what's been the journey from, from that point to up to 2020 right now? Um, and, and like, what things have you guys had to overcome? And because that's kind of the essence of this podcast is, you know, call to action. You're called to do something, but you do it. Like so many people are so afraid of like, what if someone says this about me or thinks that who fucking right. cares, right? You just, you got to do you, you got to stick your head down, focused and just get through it. So like, what was the super coffee moment where you guys are like, boom, this was that pivot we needed to get down or, or this deal we had to get yeah, closed. Hell yeah.
1: So. There's not one moment, but Shark Tank, we went on asking a million dollars. We were asking for a million dollars for 10%, right? So we valued the company at million bucks. And uh, some of the sharks were like, hey, the fla- I don't like the flavor. I don't like the packaging. I don't like this, I don't like that. So on Monday morning, we show up, didn't get a deal on the show. Two days later, we show up Monday morning, we stock the shelves, we pour the samples, we improve the flavor, we improve the formula. Eight months after Shark Tank, we raised $15 million at a $50 million valuation.
0: Yeah, it's it's what was that process like? Yeah, man. Keith, great question.
1: Yeah, great, great question, Keith. Uh, yeah, <laughs> totally earlier. totally. So just, just taking a step back for the first three years, we raised money from friends, family, and fools. Anybody who would give it to us, you know, the, the, what I found was the more sophisticated the investor the investor. <laughs> the more scrutiny they put under the business. And, and like I said, we don't make, yes. we're don't we not a profitable company. So to a lot of sophisticated investors, we look like an insolvent piece of shit company, but that's the strategy that we've signed up for. So uh, early on, we raised 30 grand from our aunt and uncle who, who sort of funded this thing. Uh, they, were like, they, they, they didn't have any kids at the time. So they were like, here we go, let's, let's do this. Uh, we turned that into 50K in sales. And then we went out and we raised 100 grand from some people that we met in DC. Uh, and for three years, that's what it was. You know, we'd go raise what we needed, we'd spend it. We'd do what we tell, told the people we'd do. Uh, and then in so year three, fall of 2018, we raised that Series A. Uh, we knew we had momentum. We, this, was our, our, this was our third year in business. We did about five million in sales, but we knew we needed to crack this thing open. We needed some institutional capital. And it, yeah. it's, a, it's a slog, man. Raising money is a full-time job. It's a grind. We met with this group in la i met with like an analyst on the team she's like hey this is great keep us posted on your progress two weeks later the founder of the firm calls us he was like can you guys come back out here i'd love to, tr- to talk to you and in that meeting he's he he we, jake and I, my brother jake and i pitch him he gives us a term sheet at, in the meeting he's like we love what you're doing here's a term sheet the terms were favorable and then you you do what's called the diligence period right they they have like mm-hmm. ninety days to learn about the business um and everything checked out. They've been amazing partners since. And I mean, since then, we, we just closed our series B, our, our, our follow-on round this summer of 2020. That was, a, that was a nightmare, but we got it done.
0: Congratulations.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: For, for those that have never been through a fundraising series, uh, or even just the angel investment round, you know, the initials of, of like you said, the fools and, and I forget what else you said, but pretty much any idiot that would give you money, dude, you're like, come on, hands out. I'm just trying to get this thing at least launched to the first stage. Um, you know, what, what was, what's been the most surprising thing? going through that process for those that have no idea or maybe will never experience it from you know an outsider's perspective
1: the most surprising thing is uh i think how difficult it is you know and and for us like i i I was so i got so sick of being turned down by food and beverage private equity and venture capital investors that have like this cookie cutter model of uh, like us to a bunch of mm-hmm. other brands like our financials need to be up to par they we, we need all of these things and it, to me it almost felt like a waste of time nobody was giving us the valuation we needed we we had the plan we just knew we needed cash to go execute so early on we were like let's go raise money from those who are willing to give it to us and those who are willing to allow us to 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 run the business you know we didn't want people that were hands-on uh we we, we had a good direction people trusted us and we always delivered on what we said we would deliver so i i always say like i mean. Our, our route is very different than most, but I always say, take money from those who, who are willing to give it to you. I don't think you need a ton of strategic advisors. Certainly never give equity to for advice. You know, like if somebody's willing to help you, don't give yeah. equity for that and make them pay for it. Um, but yeah, I, I think you have a good team and, and a, a good vision, good direction of where you want to head. You really don't need sophisticated investors to tell you what to do.
0: What? How did you guys prepare for those meetings? Like what was, what did you notice if you did, uh, you know, what deviated successful pitches versus non-successful, you know, what things did you guys do? Did you feel like uh, that you learned over time um, that really helped elevate your pitch uh, to these big guys? Uh,
1: yeah. So I, I think one of the hard things is like, you know, the dirty details of the business, right? And, and And I'm in the financials all day, every day. So it's like, if I show the financials to somebody, they're going to laugh us out of the room. But we're the best-selling bottle of coffee in these stores. We have a lot of momentum. We're getting a lot of good press. Uh, so we played to our strengths. You know, like I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even say the financials are ugly. I would say we, we're the number one selling coffee in Wegmans. We outsell everybody in the Northeast. Like whatever it was. The the the, the thing that it's all about controlling what you can control because you can control the narrative. Like we were in one store. And my brothers and I were like, "Well, this is all we got. Let's be the best-selling coffee in this store, right?" And and we we broke that store's Touche. weekly sales record in the first four hours we were in there, and that's the story. Wow. You, you you take that story to the next store down the street or to the investor and say, "Hey, this stuff is flying. Give us some money so we can go and get into more stores." So I I would say focus like you gotta you gotta build a story a really good story to tell. Control what you can control. Uh, and, and then lead with that. You know, you're really selling people on on yourself and on your vision.
2: What sage advice? And for Absolutely. lots of companies in your position that aren't immediately profitable, you're raising now. You've got Series B. Do you have Series C on the horizon? Because oftentimes Series C is going to have to happen sooner than the relative in between of Series A and Series B.
1: It's a great question. Uh, right now, we're we're hoping that Series B will be our last round. Um, okay. We, we see some hopes of profitability next year. Uh, we're getting to the size now where we have enough collateral in terms of receivables and inventory and stuff like that, that we have some pretty cool financing offers on the table. So it's a, good for a you equity. Yeah. Now's uh, the time. Now's the, exactly dude. The interest rates are super low. Um, big shout out to our CFO. Got a, a couple great term sheets in, uh, but yeah, hopefully this is the last round.
2: Kudos to you guys. I mean, very clearly you have launched on the right trajectory.
1: Thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah, this is year five, and we're uh, we're still figuring it out.
0: Man, I'm I'm really curious about the actual product itself as well. I've tried it a couple times, man. It's uh, very tasty, and it does. It has a clean buildup for that cracked out caffeine high that you kind of everyone's always looking for. It's not, the, and then it it doesn't just like. Poof! crash. It's like this clean, it just escalates down and smooth. You know, it's got a nice plateau and just scales down nicely. You know, what, how did you guys develop and engineer this product to be so healthy and also very tasteful? Yeah, it's
1: a a good question. And basically everybody, uh, people are still motivated by flavor. You know, people shop for indulgence. Starbucks Rappuccino is the number one selling bottle of coffee in the country because it tastes good. You know, and people won't sacrifice health for they won't sacrifice taste for health. You know, if it's healthy, it's got to taste good. So that was number one for us is we needed to taste good. We needed to taste like something that had 40 grams of sugar in it without any sugar, without any of the bad stuff. So our products, they all have two grand or two cups of coffee. So 200 milligrams of caffeine in them and like a 12 ounce bottle of super coffee. We had 10 grams of protein, not to make it a protein shake, but to make it creamy like a a, a coffee Mm -hmm. with milk and sugar. And then all of our products are sweetened with monk fruit, which is a all natural. Fruit. Yeah, mm-hmm. baby, it's, it's sweet, and it oh, comes yeah. from a, the sweetness comes from an antioxidant rather than like a glucose or a carb or a sugar. Uh, so we're able to achieve that sort of creamy sweet flavor uh, with a, a real energy boost and none of the bad stuff that that comes in our competitors.
2: Yeah, at C we're massive fans of y'all. I mean, if we were still meeting up every single day in office, we would have like these ready to go ready to rip right in a refrigerator just to kickstart our day i mean the flavor is there
0: you can either snort it or down it it's going in there either way
2: yeah we were joking we were like maybe we can evaporate one on the side and see how that goes
0: <laughs> oh man just bub- how, how do we do this make a new experiment yeah. you know it's tasty hmm. man it, it
1: packs a flavor and it works i mean our beans come from columbia you know what else comes from columbia
2: super coffee mm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah what so what is your favorite bean to work with and then do you guys do you guys sell uh ground beans yeah
1: good question so uh we use a, a organic colombian coffee bean uh it's 100% arabica uh it's a, it's a good quality coffee but it's really that the benefits that we add on top of it that, that you know like mm-hmm. we're not in the third wave craft coffee game like we're not going to be a bunch of baristas out yeah, yeah, we're, we're not going to do all that. Uh, but we, we are. So we just launched our um, our K-Cups. Um, so the,
2: yeah. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah, we, we were checking drinks. that out on your website.
1: Nice, nice, man. Yeah, ground coffee with vitamins and antioxidants. And then that same ground, it, we're launching in bags in a couple of weeks. So you'll be able to get a, a bag of super coffee that has – vitamins, antioxidants, and then you can mix it with our creamer for the protein and MCTO.
2: You know, that makes a lot of sense. And for you, my guess is listening to everything that you've said so far, it weighs a lot less. So maybe you can have more of a profit there from, you know, the long-term sales of things like this, lighter products, more dense.
1: That's right. Oh man, that's, that's it. Any, anytime we th- think about innovation has got to be accretive to our gross margin. You know, the, uh, Beverage in general, ready-to-drink coffee is a low-margin, high-volume game. You got to sell a lot of bottles because you only make a few pounds on each one. Mm. Um, You get into the ground coffee business, instead of a $3 bottle, you're selling a $10 box or a $10 bag of coffee. Uh, So it's a a higher ring, higher margin, um, lighter to ship. There's a lot of good benefits.
0: Yeah, I just bought a Breville right before this... uh pandemic hit i bought this breville that uh you know the grounder it's a espresso machine so i started doing my own like little coffee grounds and so i've been you know experimenting with all these different grounds and learning about the flavors aromas etc and man i gotta be honest i gotta shout out uh the black rifle coffee the ground stuff it's it's pretty decent but i gotta say if super coffee had a bag out yes. there i probably uh i'd probably get it over there but it's not your guys' space. It's all so good, it. you know? As soon as they come um, off
1: the line, we'll send you some samples. Oh, let
0: us know. Oh, dude. I, was, I will seriously snort it and do an Instagram ad for that, man. That Be like, it's that just, just as good, I swear. <laughs> no, yeah, man. Um, So on the business side of super coffee. When did you guys, cause you know, we're, we're a, our day job, we're a software engineer and design firm. And, uh, you know, we help e-commerce businesses grow and, uh, do their thing. And we kind of specialize in native mobile apps. Um, also that's kind of our niche. We really love mobile apps. Um, but we build websites too, et cetera. Uh, we noticed you guys have a subscription model when did you guys transition into a subscription model, uh, business as your, as your foundation? And then did like, how did you see that? Um, or rather have you seen it do good things for your business in terms of profitability? Yeah, man.
1: So we recurring revenue is the name of the game, right? You want to, like, especially if you're selling a, a $10 box of coffee, it's like, what, what, how can we extract that lifetime value? So uh, we we just hired a badass VP of e-commerce. He's actually based out there uh, by you guys. His name's Ben Nye. Oh, Yeah, sweet. yeah, you guys definitely got a link up. He's he's inked up too. Looks a little bit like I love uh, it. And he he's a baller. And and he he built uh, Red Bull's business online and then Soylent, which is a big e or a big subscription model. Yes. Uh, so we just got into subscription in 2020, and we still haven't figured it out yet. You know, but the cool thing that we're doing is like hey, buy our pods, which are $10, and buy our creamer, which is like $15, and you get a bundle, right? And get this bundle every four weeks. Yeah. So we want to we want to be able to be uh, people's, especially as now the at-home coffee consumption is up, we want to hit various occasions. So now that we have ready to drink, people will grab it on their way to the gym, they'll hit their pods in the morning, and they'll hit their grounds in the afternoon, they could add creamer to whatever they want. So we're, uh, we're really excited about the future of subscription.
2: Yeah, and nowadays, not everyone is going to the supermarket with regularity. So it's really nice to be able to put exactly. super coffee right in their lap, ship it right to their front door when a lot of times people are thinking more on safety. So way to pivot, man, way to be super relevant in this year.
0: Malleable, adapting, morphic You got, man, you just, you guys are hitting every stride that's uh, the right stride. Did you guys see a growth in the revenue? I mean, did you guys see a noticeable difference in in how your business was uh, growing? Yep. With the subscription model? Yeah,
1: it, it, it's much easier to pr- predict. You know, like it, it, it's in the the KPIs are starting to stabilize because we know how many new customers we got to get in the funnel each month. We know of that percentage, how many are going to be repeat customers after month two, after month three, after month four. Um, and we're so we're actually revamping our site right now. Had I known about you guys sooner, we obviously would have worked with Dimension. Let's hook uh, it up. Yeah, yeah no, we, we haven't it. done an app yet. So when we do, uh, you know, hey, we
2: we can we would love Ooh. to help y'all out
0: yeah yeah man that'd be awesome have you guys ever thought about moving and and kind of pivoting maybe into like the um CBD and like CBD THC business you know with coffee cuz that's kind of like a new thing is um and not new but you know with all these states legalizing cannabis industry and with it booming. Um, I just read a thing today on um, Investorpedia is like my homepage. It's always got these cool little things on kind of the world of investing and what's happening. And man, big industries, big companies and uh, sectors are investing heavily into cannabis right now. Um, Have you guys ever thought of pivoting into that?
1: We we certainly looked at CBD in 2019 when it was was coming out real hot. Uh, Our whole thing is Mass producing positive energy for the mainstream, right? And and what we need to do is take a step back and look at the total addressable market, right? And I I challenge all entrepreneurs to do this: is like, if you have an idea, how many people? How big is that market, right? How big are your competitors? All these. Hmm. And the bottled coffee industry in the U.S. is over three billion dollars. Bottled coffee alone, Starbucks Frappuccino does over two billion of that. uh CBD, I think, for us, a bit too niche, you know. So. It, I mean, everything is niche until it's not. So I, I'm not writing it off completely, but like we got a long way to go chipping away at those, those Starbucks numbers with our core products. Um, and it's kind of like there's this there's this scale of like you got novel on one side, something that's new and unique, like CBD or THC coffee. Then you got familiar on the other side, which is like coffee with milk and sugar. If you're too novel, you won't be adopted. And if you're too familiar, you won't be adopted. Right. So we got to find that happy ma- that happy middle. Uh, where it's familiar enough, but it's also unique enough that it's intriguing for people.
2: I love that you guys enjoy the pivot and you're embracing the pivot. You're doing this now. You know, hopefully that puts some extra profitability under your wings. We're real stoked to see that and wishing you well on it. Would you talk just a little bit on overcoming some of the failure along the way and kind of like, you know, recognizing when it happens, knowing when not to give up and, 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 and just kind of like how to change the recipe to turn it in your favor. You've spoken a little bit about this already, but can you give a little bit, maybe some more concrete tips?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Great question, man. So you gotta have, you gotta have core principles and a guiding light, right? Because everybody has an opinion. Every single customer is going to leave negative reviews, positive reviews, whatever. <laughs> if you, if you change, if you waiver from where, why you started the company, you're, you're gonna you're gonna compromise your business. You're gonna be like this amorphous weird thing that doesn't mean anything for anybody. Uh, and and that was tough for us. You know, I used to get pissed off when people were like, oh, your coffee tastes like shit. It's like, you know, <laughs> let's fix it. You know,
0: it's like, no, your taste buds
1: are <laughs> shit. You know,
0: no, you <laughs> give me that back.
1: <laughs> Our director of uh, customer experience like banned me from Amazon because I was just like feverishly typing at people. <laughs> I'd create like al- like alibis and get in there and shit talk. Uh, never did that, but I wanted to. Um, <laughs>
0: yeah, it was like in the queue, but like, eh, delete. Right. Um, yeah. So
1: have your North Star of where you want to go and then always improve. I can't tell you guys how many times we've improved or iterated or enhanced the formula, but it's always been or coffee for, for energy, protein that's lactose free, MCT oil and sugar free. It was always those like core tenets. Uh, and, but we tweaked the sweeteners. We've t- tweaked the protein providers. Like we've tweaked a lot of things. We've changed our label probably t- a dozen times over the last five years. Yeah. <laughs> and it's all about incremental improvement. So I think know where you want to go, have that, have that end game in mind or have that, that vision in mind, and then don't be afraid to tweak, you know, but you can't veer too far from the course.
2: Yeah. People need to still recognize That's such
0: great brand. advice. What's that?
2: People must always recognize your brand for your existing customers and people who are maybe just warming up to the idea of, oh, hey, should I get a subscription to Super Coffee? You know, that sounds like a groovy idea. If they can recognize your brand throughout all those transitions, that's probably key.
0: Yeah. We've we've befriended this uh, design agency here in Los Angeles called The Future. They are hot as fire they do you know some of the biggest they've i think they designed halo oh, wow. like 3d graphics all of that they've designed for the biggest i mean every big brand you've you've ever thought of they've helped do redesigns logo designs and they have a big big youtube channel i think they're over 800k now and we have uh befriended their coo ben burns we had him on as our second podcast guest super cool guy man if all of us were we're hanging out. Just be like we all knew each other from like 10, 15 years back, man. That kind of a guy. And um, man, I lost my train of thought. What were we talking about? We were talking. Pivoting, ta- pivoting uh, staying focused.
2: Um, You've got to get some of that super Rebranding.
0: Copy. Oh, man. <laughs> Yeah, man. I'm losing it. No, Keith, you made a good point. Uh, what were you, you... You said something right before this. I'm sorry. I lost my train of thought. Yeah, but they just have to but, keep a consistent um,
2: branding right. across the iterations.
0: Oh, the branding. They they rebranded this uh, beer company, this brewery, Yes, and it was um, Hamilton Family Brewery. And actually, we did a cool thing where I used you know, I got to give myself a little credit. I surprised him. It was back before the pandemic. I hit up, they had just finished like a year before this big rebrand. They did this big YouTube series on it. And uh, they spent like $250,000 internally to produce this series on how to build a brand. And it was on this brewery and how, you know, how important it is to stand out on a shelf and how they rebranded the can, the logo, the all of those things. And so we got them, you know, when Ben Burns showed up, we had a big case of like their new beer that they had out and he had no idea. So we cracked a beer and had it, whatever. And it was his product that he redesigned. So we got him to like talk about you know, design, designing a company brand, the, the, the cans and like how to really make it stand out on a shelf because you guys are going up some of the, you know, biggest companies in the world with coffee. Uh, it's, it's so important to continually adapt and, and always not be satisfied with your current state of where you are to keep standing out and being better. Um, it's it's incredibly important. So you guys have done a great job, though, man. It's it's slick, it's sexy. That hat is dope. We'll get you guys some gear, man. That's a good story. Good oh point. man, you
1: know we we're the insurgent. We we are the insurgents. We got to flank our competition. We're up against Coca Cola and Pepsi. You know, like we're not going to beat them at their game. Like we're we're George Washington and the Revolutionary Army. Like we are. We are hiding in the woods, throwing rocks and shooting, like biting at the ankles. Like we're doing whatever we can to to get ahead of the competition. And and I mean, it's it's scrappy, but it's uh, it's how we got to do it.
2: And you're changing the game a little bit, right? I th- I feel like that's what you're offering is is a ch- is a change yeah. to the game. You know, it's something yeah. familiar. It's just better. And here are all the reasons why. Also, not just in flavor, but you know, you get you got the energy angle, you've got the health angle. It's all kind of rolled into one product. Very hip.
1: Dude, thank you. Yeah, no, that's that's the that's the benefit, right, is like not only are we stealing share from Starbucks and Dunkin, we're bringing people into the category. We're growing the category from folks that would never even drink that stuff, you know, and, and that's yeah. that's uh, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. And, and it's funny you mentioned the word change. We like to say if you change your energy, you can change your world.
2: Absolutely. And, mm. you know, I think that there was a time period where people, rather than buy a can of Coca-Cola, they're like, oh, I'll go get a rock star because I'd love to get something out of my soft drink. You're kind of doing the same thing, except with coffee. You're getting health, you're getting energy, you're getting buzz, you're getting that flavor, you know, and it's all wrapped into one bottle.
1: That's it. Yeah, man. It, it That's the promise. Like what makes it super? It tastes good. It's good for you. And it gives you energy.
0: That it's super coffee. <laughs> that's right. Man, you've built, you know, a, a small team into a large team. I mean, you guys, how many employees do you guys We're, have uh, now? I mean, it's like, yeah, what, a hundred
1: full-time and 150 part-time.
0: Woo! How has your role, you know, as a team leader changed? I know we like that word, you know, over this, this evolution of super coffee and, you know, have you guys, how have you especially, but you and your, 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 other brothers invested into, you know, becoming better leaders? And, and gaining mentorship and and how have you worked to better your leadership skills? It's,
1: it's critical. It's a great question. And it's a hard, it's a hard evolution, but it, it happens fast. It happens in the game. I, I, we used to go from working in the business to, to doing everything right. Deliveries, accounting, making the product by hand to now working on the business. You know, so we, we zoom out. We we thankfully are in a good position to hire people smarter than us uh, to tell us what to do in a lot of cases, but Uh, My brothers and I, we're all about keeping the team motivated, keeping the team, uh, keeping them all sort of guided on this the same vision, uh, the same mission to mass produce positive energy, uh, especially in challenging times now, like like the coronavirus. You know, we're very fortunate. We're more fortunate than most because we haven't had to lay anybody off. You know, our, our business has suffered because of it. But at the same time, it's like we're. We get to go out and do this every single day. So leading from the front lines, you know, there's a certain humility that comes with that. Like my brothers and I have been in stores every single week this year. Uh, if we're going to ask our team to put wow. their health at risk, we're going to do it as well. Man, wow. I had COVID. I got COVID in March the first week I was in grocery stores and I still can't smell anything. You know, we're sitting here on a <laughs> team. Really? Yeah. Um, but we, we, we persevered. Wow. Uh, and we, we recognize what we don't know. You know, I think a lot of leaders are afraid to uh, – to, to keep their ego at the door. Um, we know that we don't know it mm. all. We know that we need help. And as athletes, we need coaches. So we, uh, Jake Jordan and I have a really strong executive coach who we work with uh, on a regular basis. And, I mean, I reach out. We reach out to mentors all the time. You know, we've surrounded ourselves with some of the best in the game. Uh, and early on, before we could connect with some of the best in the game, I called my college football coach. And I was like, hey, man, how do you keep – how do you motivate individual players on your team, right? Because what works for one person is totally different than what works for somebody right. else know you're wearing the same jersey um so i i think seeking that advice you know being humble enough to say i don't have the answers i need help uh and for a lot of guys that's that's tough uh but we we've, we've never been afraid of that and it's it's paid dividends
2: yeah you, clearly you have the energy and you have the vision you're also a great communicator as we've listened on this podcast those qualities roll together really make for a for leaders.
0: Yeah, those are strengths. Uh, and I urge anyone, you know, that's listening to this, you know, if if you've got an ego and you've seemingly think that you know it all, it's it's not weak to allow people to help teach you new things. Like you can learn anything from anybody at any time. So man, the fact that you have that mentality and I personally believe, and I think you can, you can agree to this Jim and Keith as well, that, you know, sports growing up in that environment, you kind of have to get that beat out of you. There's no way to be a teammate if you think you know it all, because being a teammate is also learning how to follow. And some of the best leaders are the best followers. And that's that's something a lot of people will never understand. But man, you are absolutely crushing it! Um, like your motto, we also believe in you know mass producing pod- positive energy uh, is is essential and. The main goal in our journey with CTAP, can you leave our listeners who either, you know, have the entrepreneurial bug who wish to start a company or who are currently building theirs and and their vision of the world out with a last piece of advice, you know, wisdom to help them kind of achieve their goals or just maybe help them through a tough moment that maybe you've experienced and you're like, man, I wish I, someone would have told me that.
1: Yeah, man. So first of all, this has been a lot of fun. I'm excited to uh, to, to to leave some parting wisdom here, and I, I can't wait to hang out with you guys in LA. Um, yeah. dude, it's gonna be yeah, so fun. It's be great. Um, so I was really insecure about myself when we started this company. You know, I never did this before. I like I I felt like I needed to be somebody who I wasn't. You know, I was I used to wear a suit and tie into investment meetings, and that just wasn't me. Trying to pretend and fit in, and and I think the advice to the person listening to this right now is you are good enough, right? Like the you can create the person that that is going to, like the, the man I am today is is like, obviously this is who I've always been, but like I've created the skills and the confidence and, and the stuff, it's forged. You forge it through difficult times and late mm-hmm. hours and there's no substitution for that. There's no class that you can take to do that. So believe in yourself now, it's gonna be super frustrating and super uncomfortable. Uh, but if you're willing to do it and deal with that and have the patience to do that, you're going to be amazed at who you come out as on the other side and the last thing that i say to everybody this is it's super simple i don't don't overlook this but work hard and be nice to people you know that's the strategy right you can't have one without the, the other right i know a lot of people who will work hard who are assholes and i know a lot of people who are nice to people that don't work hard right so work hard and be nice to people you got to keep showing up that's that's the, as simple as it is and it's it's a simple strategy it's just not an easy one
0: dude amen to that if positivity had six-pack abs and a smile that melts women's faces off it would be him he's crushing the clean coffee game he heard the call and took action my man jim thank you for coming on our show we appreciate you and for sharing your incredible story and we welcome you to the ctap family
1: let's go ben and keith that was awesome boys thank you